the Elite are back, and the road to double or nothing is looking pretty damn good, actually, when it comes to pay-per-views. Welcome to Bunker Mania Wrestling. I am Jeremy Graves, joined by my good buddy Tom Limbry. We are back to discuss AEW's happenings from their television programs this week. We're going to be covering a variety of topics, as we are now just over a week away at the time we're recording this from Double or Nothing. If you found us in the audio-only realm when it comes to podcast providers, thank you very much for giving the show a chance, and we hope you enjoy it. Why not tell a friend if you do so? If you're watching on our YouTube channel, which you can find by searching for Bunker Mania UK on YouTube, if you enjoyed the video, why not give it a like and hit the subscribe button as well? We would really appreciate that. Tom. Hi. A lot has happened on AEW television this week. We're going to start things off... With the Elite being back together now, we had that great little reformation at the end of Dynamite, which came about because Don Callis was going to do a promo explaining his actions, of which we got, what, maybe 30 seconds of him explaining it, and then Omega came out, a big pull-apart thing, the Blackpool Combat Club came out, eventually the Young Bucks came out, who had been beaten down earlier in the evening in the show in the car park, and this led to all four members of the elite because Hangman Page made his return to television, eye patch and all, and he stood tall with the elite, went down, we had a big brawl, and the show went off the air with anarchy in the arena being announced for Double or Nothing. I flipping love the end segment. What did you think? I think it was the best segment that AEW have done in some time, mm -hmm. and I think that is saying something. When Adam Page came back out, I think everyone could have kind of figured that out that that's what's going to happen. Mm. But I still found it really cool. And like them four being back together just makes a lot of sense. Yeah, in terms of long-term storytelling, it is, it is such a great piece of storytelling they've done. It's had a few bumps in the road along the way because obviously after the, the brawl out stuff from last August, September time, whenever it was at this point, it all just blurs together. They were probably going to start teasing that and doing that far sooner, but it's been slowed down a bit. I don't know. I think it works a lot better now. Mm. Um, I think, yeah, no, it definitely works a lot better now. And I, I like the way the, the roles have now reversed slightly. Now the the elite are like the baby faces mm. and the BCC are the heels. They're but, such a good heel group as well. And I think they all do it very well. Even like Yuta, who's not been around long, fits in the group really well. So... I'll be interested to see what they do this week before we get to Double or Nothing. Agreed. I would also point out, folks, we can hear some background noise in the recording. It's because, once again, in case you can't tell if you're not watching the video version, we are once again in the car park studio, as I'm now going to affectionately call it. So if you hear some background noise, it's just some natural occurring things are happening. The thing with Don Callis, I think, yes. I think like they could have done a bit longer before Kenny came out on the show and just tried to he was just about to get to his point and then Kenny come out I don't feel that we really got much from that promo again that might be because we're going to get something this week but still I think we should have had like a tease of where we were going before Kenny came out agreed yeah he was starting to get to the point that he had done everything for Omega he's the one that got him the IWGP title in New Japan he's the one that set up Omega and Jericho at the Tokyo Dome He's the one that on his first night in, that being Don Callis, he's the one that helped Omega get the AEW title. But was that his first night in? I don't feel it was. I mean, I'm not picking picking here, but like, I think he'd been on a few shows before that. He'd done some commentary, hadn't he? I think he'd been in for a while. 
I think, like, isn't that the first time he was with Kenny on screen as his... As that duo. ...manager, or yeah. whatever they call him. Sorry. Yeah, that, that's a fair point. But uh, that's all good. But, uh, but yeah, we didn't really get to Don's point very well, which in itself... I think is actually all right because the because oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the prime focus needs to be on anarchy in the arena at this point. And given we've got Forbidden Door coming up, and Don Callis specifically did mention the Tokyo Dome match with Jericho and the IWGP title, and given that Omega is still the IWGP US champion, I'm going to assume we may get a bit more of a follow up leading up to Forbidden Door on that. And there are some rumours going around online that potentially Callis might end up being aligned with the United Empire in some way. Which from an Omega Os- which from an Omega Osprey point of view, I'm trying to say, in some ways makes sense. I don't know if it actually needs it though. And also they have Gideon Gray. Good point. From Revolution Pro Wrestling. And the Japanese well, audience love him as well, don't they? They absolutely love mm-hmm. him, yes. About as much as the English crowd do. <laughs> So, let's get to some other points from Dynamite. And the way we're going to do this, folks, is touching on kind of more top-level discussion points, because a lot happened in the build-up to Double or Nothing for this coming weekend at the time we're recording. First of all, Falls Count Anywhere, Roderick Strong, Chris Jericho. Adam Cole was banned from the building. The JAS were banned from the building. This match was so much fun. It was such a fun match. They went all around the arena backstage and whatnot. There was a bunch of ice cream that got involved as well. Just some really... They wrestled next to a painting. Yep, literally. And they ultimately ended up outside the building. Go on. Now, I've been watching wrestling for a while. We established that last week. But anytime (laughs) you have a stipulation like, oh, they're not allowed in the building, nothing's really done about that. Mm -hmm. Whereas this week... They actually incorporated that into the match. And I think that was very well done. And I was very impressed. Uh, I don't want to sound too condescending, but that, you know, it's, having Adam Cole in the match, yeah. but they had to go outside for it, genius. It, it just makes total sense. That's it what does. I was going to say. It takes actual logical, complete sense that that's how you get around it. Ultimately led to Jericho being defeated on a flower bed which in itself was very amusing especially because the commentators couldn't figure out what the flower bed was i think taz was trying to call it like a dirt pit or something and it's like taz it's a flower bed yeah <laughs> but that commentary is amazing oh it, it's so, especially if so you watch it on fight plus yeah yeah that we talked about it in our dynamite review last week but the advantage of watching the show on fight tv this week was really added to that because we got to see all of the backstage brawling stuff with the commentary as well, and Taz not knowing. Well, actually, at one point, they all were look, looking at like something that was standing in the background. They're like, whatever that is. And it had like a hashtag on it, and they just said the hashtag. Yeah. <laughs> just little random stuff like that I really, really enjoy. But if you've not seen this match, everybody, go out of your way to see it. It's genuinely really good fun. If you can watch the fight version, really worth going out of your way to watch. I mean, we haven't discussed this, but... Dynamite's been going for nearly, what, four years in October. Mm-hmm. And I would say it's in one of their top five matches in the, the past five, four years. Four mm, years. Yeah. In the past four years. I mean, we could sit here and debate what the other four or five were, or mm. even if you agree with that. But it was so well done that, I don't know, there was something to it that put it up in that upper echelon of TV matches. You know what else really added to it as well was how much the crowd were into it. And this actually went all night, including on Rampage, actually, as well. The crowd were just really into everything they were watching. 
I think uh, I think that's a Texas thing, though, don't you? Mm. Like uh, every time they go to Texas, they seem to do well with like crowd numbers, mm. crowd interaction. No, hundred percent agree with you. And I mean, I, I think I've said it to you before in private that I think sometimes some of the East Coast crowds they just seem a little bit dead. Do you know? Do you, do you think that is? I mean, this is going off on a bit. But okay, like, let's go with that. At the same time, like uh, other promotions, WWE, uh, Indies, whatever. And there's so much you can watch now, streaming and stuff. Mm. Do you think the East Coast gets battered with live events to where, like, they they want to go and mm. they turn up? And, I mean, but you see it and you're like, oh, they don't seem that bothered, like... Just kind of almost overexposed. Yeah, I, I, and I think for years it's always been East Coast to the Midwest and then the West Coast gets, like two run-throughs a year, mm. whereas I think it needs to be spread out a bit more evenly because when they've done them West Coast shows, mm. the crowds have been nuts. And I mean, yep. especially that Seattle one where they changed the set at the beginning of the year. Yeah. So, sorry to go off on that, but I just think like... I agree with you. Certain parts of the country are more interactive. I mean, the Detroit crowd last week. Look, Austin look, look at Canada when they made their debut there. Yeah. No, they loved it. And heck, when... I mean, in the case of WWE, when they come over here... Exactly. Or do European tours. I mean, in fact, on the most recent European tour, I think it was a show in Paris. There was like loads of stuff going around online about just how much this Paris crowd were into the show. Yes. And it just goes to show that when you don't come around too often, as it were, and you start running shows in places you've never been to, that's the reaction you'll get. And that's why, going back to a previous video where we, we were talking about All In, that's why the atmosphere at All In at Wembley Stadium is going to be immense. To touch on that, I think the crowd for All In, hopefully it doesn't rain because it is here. <laughs> um, so I probably jinxed that. Well done, thanks. But uh, I think that crowd is probably the best crowd they work in front of to that point. Yeah. Because I think the English fans are ready. Yeah, 100%. So I think, uh, and especially if we all get to sing Jericho out to the ring. Yeah, that's one of my big things. I've, which I'm not sure if I actually mentioned in the predictions video, because I mentioned it to you a while back, that Jericho blatantly wants to say he's played a Fozzie gig at Wembley Stadium. I don't blame him. So I fully expect he is going to come out with Fozzie playing his song. Also, I also fully expect that Sammy Guevara and or Darby Allen probably want to jump off the giant arch hanging over Wembley. I, I would imagine so, and I'd be here for that. <laughs> you would literally be there for that. Oh, yeah, good point, yeah. <laughs> we will both be there. But back to Dynamite. L let's focus on the international title for a second because we also had Orange Cassidy and Darby Allen against Big Bill and Lee Moriarty. It was a really fun tag match, it's got to be said. Really, really good fun. One of the, the big highlights was, I think it was when Darby hit a code red on Big Bill and Big Bill just went flying for it. It was such good fun. But just a really fun tag match. And the idea of Cassidy and Darby being a tag team it just works really well. Well, the, the thing is, like, uh, those two have been working the the house show circuit together in a tag. And, I mean, I, I don't quite know who came up with that. I don't know who thought of it, but it's brilliant. Like, there's, there's just two opposites meet and form a great tag team. And, I mean, if they can do that, advance on that a bit further going forward. Mm -hmm. But I, I really enjoyed that. And I think Big Bill, now he's in AEW and doing... He seems to be having fun. Mm. And you can tell that it comes through the screen. 
And when I was over in March, I saw him in a few matches. You can see he's having fun. And I think that translates into like that that match, especially since we're mm. talking about it. And uh, I don't know, he just seems like he's having fun and enjoying his time mm. in AEW. And I hope it continues. Completely agree. Also, doubling back quickly to Roddy and Jericho, because we didn't actually mention this, there was a follow-up on Rampage, which this week I was going to say, in the Jericho tore up the like the legal contract about Adam Cole being in the building. And that led to Jericho saying, I want you at double or nothing in an unsanctioned match. Which, in the context of AEW, means whoever wins loses, it will not go on their record. As that, it's literally whatever happens happens. I think we previously had was it Mox and Omega had one. That I seems believe familiar. so. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like that. And we've had a, f- a few others that aren't coming to mind right away. Uh, didn't Adam Cole and Orange Cassidy uh, do the pay per view last March have one? That sounds familiar. Yes. Now you mention it, something. Yeah, that, that, that sounds familiar. Revolution last year in Orlando. Yes. Oh yeah, the the one with that insane tag match with the Bucks and Omega and uh, Page was no. that the year before. That was the year I've before. got my years mixed up. It's all good, folks. It, it happens to the best of us, as it were. But um, but yeah, and then that led to a big pull-apart brawl with Jericho and Cole. So that match is now 100% on at the pay-per-view. And I'm really looking forward to it. Me too. I'm, I was rather hoping they might do like Roddy and Cole mm. and Jericho and Danny Garcia. But I'm, I'm overly happy with Cole and Jericho. Hmm. So back to the Orange Cassidy thing. The reason I wanted to bring that up was when it comes to the international title picture, we sort of alluded to it in our review of Dynamite last week, that it's just a really, really great title reign at the moment. Just really, really good fun. We had mentioned that Kyle Fletcher was sort of being teased as though he wanted a title match, and that was very conspicuously not actually acknowledged pretty much in any way on Dynamite. But then what was set up was that Cassidy basically went, look, there's loads of people that want to challenge for this belt, I'll take on anyone. Yeah, bring them all on. Go talk to Tony Khan. And over a series of backstage interviews, we just gradually found out, yeah, like, 20 people want a title shot. Which I thought was just a great number. And Cassie just like, oh. <laughs> well, my theory on this is, is because every time they've run Vegas or a, a show or a pay-per-view, mm. they've done, like, the... Casino thing. Yeah. The Battle Royale. So they come out in different packs. I'm hoping that's what we're going to do this time. And uh, I'd be very interested to see if that doesn't lead into a bit of forbidden door yeah. makings. But mm. I have a, I, I, there's a question that I want to ask. Go on. Is Orange Cassidy the most consistent wrestler at the moment on the AEW roster? He wrestles every week. He has a strong match. And you can always guarantee that you're A, going to really enjoy it, and B, you're going to get a great match. Mm. And at the moment, I think Orange Cassidy is the MVP of AEW. I think that's a very fair shout. I'm sure there will be some critics out there, perhaps old-timers, you might say, who are who would vehemently disagree with that statement, but just because Orange Cassidy can be quite polarising. But I love this Orange Cassidy title reign, and I agree with you. He is so consistent. And I love this extra development. It's just like, yeah, right, 20 people, Battle Royal. Let's, you know, There's only like a Battle Royal. Let's call it like a Blackjack Battle Royal. To change it up. But he also asked Renee if she wanted to be in it, and she declined. She did pause for a moment and think about it, though. I, I think is, that would have been interesting. Which is a fun moment. Yeah, her husband come and join in. <laughs> and uh, Of which, actually, mentioning the, the Battle Royal, I think so far two people have been officially announced for it, because on Rampage, in one of those QTV segments, they basically kind of alluded to the fact of, yeah, we're, we're going to be in it. 
So one of Seams and QT Marshall and Aaron Solo are going to be in it. And I think uh, Hobbs is in it. He wasn't properly acknowledged, but no, would, I think it, he will be. It wouldn't surprise me, and especially given how they did kind of also allude to the fact that yeah, we're kind of the reason he's front and center on the Collision promotion. Yes, so, yes, yes, yes. So there's some good stuff about that. I could see them bringing in someone I don't know to like debut or you know stay over for a month and do the the lead up to Forbidden Door. Mm. Or, I you know, but. <sighs> I'm just a huge fan of Orange Cassidy and always have been. And it seems like he's doing himself justice now mm-hmm. on national television. So Completely agree. Completely agree. But talking about Kyle Fletcher, he is going to have a, a title match against Cassidy this Wednesday on Dynamite. That was announced on Rampage. So Cassidy defending the belt twice in just a few days, essentially. It almost makes me wonder if this might be the final straw for Cassidy as champion. Like that Battle Royal... I reckon he might get past Fletcher because I think it... I don't know, maybe he won't. Maybe he'll try and go in the battle royal to claim it back if he were to lose it. But there's just that element of me thinking unless it is casino rules and he's like the final person to come out or maybe he faces the winner, maybe that's one way they'll do it to try and even it out a bit. This seems perhaps a logical time for the odds to be way overstacked against him. I still think after double or nothing he'll be champion. Because it makes a lot of sense. Mm. But that's a thing for another show. That's a thing for another day, as it were. So, mention Darby Allen. Let's focus on the main event of Double or Nothing. Well, what we perceive to be the main event of Double or Nothing. There'll be a separate video coming out about that in a few days, so make sure you stick around for that, folks. But the world title match at Double or Nothing is not actually something we spoke about in detail last week on when we were reviewing Dynamite. We've got the four-way match. MJF, Jungle Boy, Darby Allen, and Sammy Guevara. Now, in the past few weeks, we've had sort of the whole buddy-buddy thing with MJF and Sammy Guevara. That's now broken down completely. Sammy's kind of behaving a bit more like a babyface and such. Jungle Boy had to have a match against Roosh on Dynamite, which... That was amazing. It was a... I really, really enjoyed the match. I've seen some interesting criticism of it online, which does bring about some interesting... Oh, don't worry about that. But in terms of debate, because what's the direction for Jungle Boy? Because Darby, obviously, very much babyface. That's obvious. Sammy, it feels like they're trying to make him more like a babyface. He's tweeny. Yeah, but where does Jungle Boy sit in this? Because that match with Roosh was brutal. And I would describe it more that he survived Roosh. Because he basically just rolled... He he won because of a quick roll-up. I think they're in a direction to turn him the other way. But I think that's for something a bit further down the road. Mm. But at the same time... If anyone's going to win that four-way, I think it should be Jungle Boy because he has the most potential out of the four to carry the company going forward. As champion. Yes. Yeah. yeah it's... But I do love Roosh. He's very good. Roosh is awesome. But I... It... So what's the way to articulate this? The thing that's confusing is out of all four people in the match, Jungle Boy is the biggest anomaly to me at the moment. Because it just, it's like, I can't figure out where he stands in the equation. Because Darby and Sammy seem to have a bit of an understanding now. It's kind of like a begrudging, all right, you know what? In fact, I think they actually had a little segment backstage where they just said, above all else, whether we like or hate each other, respect each other or not, MJF must not leave that pay-per-view with the belt. So where does Jungle Boy sit in this? Because he had that thing backstage a few weeks ago before the big tag match when Jungle Boy was teaming with Darby. Where MJF went, look, hey, look, 
you're really freaking good, but you just you're not there yet. You're not at that top level, as it were. But if you were aligned with me, maybe you could get there. So I'm wondering, is there a possibility that Jungle Boy might align himself with MJF? Maybe in what I'll call a faux heel turn, where maybe he turns heel for a little bit, but it's actually just a scheme to try and get the belt off him. I could see that happening because just as you were speaking then, it makes a lot of sense mm. that MJF pays off Jungle Boy. So Jungle Boy mm. screws whoever at the pay-per-view and MJF walks out champion. Because, mm. I mean, I think that's ultimately where they're going with that. Mm. Something along those lines, anyway. And another element to that as well is the whole idea originally was MJF was going to pay off Sammy in the match. So, yeah, I think you could advance that along a bit. Yeah. Then we find out afterwards he actually paid off Jungle Boy. Because Jungle Boy needs the money. <laughs> and then I guess, And then I guess as well, if he's also then heel, maybe he could actually align with Anna Jay finally on TV, if they really wanted to. But isn't Anna Jay part of the JES? I'm, I'm a bit unsure on that. Honestly, I, I, if Jungle Boy were to turn heel... I could see him joining the JAS. But you know what? We might save that for another video, because I think yes, that could we actually work should. well. We'll keep that for a topic for another day, as it were. I'll change T-shirt in the production. <laughs> so, elsewhere on the show, we had a tag team match involving the Outcasts and the AEW Originals on the women's side of things, as it were. Jamie Hayter was apparently not cleared to compete. Whether that's legit or not, I don't know. But that Shida looked so great in this match. Got a whole new look about her, new music. She had some amazing offense in that match. It was a really great tag match. But what this ultimately set up was Tony Storm challenging Jamie Hayter for the pay-per-view, for the title. So we're going to get a rematch of the title change from November. This is going to be another great match. I'm super excited about it. But uh, Jamie Hayter, conspicuous by her absence. I think she was legitimately injured, actually. Yeah, because they did the thing with like her injuring her shoulder in a tag match. Yes. And they've sort of played that up on and off. But it's very rare that a match gets announced for Dynamite and it is changed kind of on the day of. But they did that twice last week because there was another match that was changed. Good point. Um, they mentioned it. I don't know. I was kind of hoping they might do more of a six women's... Just a trios match. Trios match at the pay-per-view mm. instead of just doing a women's title match. But I suppose you have to have the title defended. So they could do the six-man, six, sorry, the six-lady challenge mm. at, you know, the following Dynamite. Yeah. Or, I don't think it's announced for this week's Dynamite, but we'll probably get to that in a moment. Yeah, we've got a bit of a rundown of what's been announced. Uh, elsewhere on the show, Wardlow and Krishna are going to be having a ladder match after Wardlow was brutally attacked, as it were, by Luchasaurus in the opening segment of Dynamite, which was a little bit strange in terms of placement. Arn Anderson was backstage, it turns out, but that was on at the request of Wardlow not coming out with him. We're going to have a ladder match at the pay-per-view. Uh, uh, since you know what? This will be interesting to watch. It doesn't need to be a ladder match. I think they've sort of jumped the gun a tad. Mm. I think we could have had a straight match first and then gone into the 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 ladder match. Sorry, did, just, did, did, just like escalate it further. Yeah, I think yeah. you could have started a bit lower down the ladder, so to speak. But yeah, I, th- I think they've sort of jumped in a bit there. And I, I think honestly, like I'd like to see Wardlow against someone else, but mm. I can kind of see what they're doing here. I think it more leads to Wardlow v Luchasaurus, or and then Luke, you know, like the Million Dollar Man back in the yeah. He 
he paid someone to get him the world title. So Luchasaurus wins it on behalf of Christian type. Yeah, thing. I think that's sort yeah. of kind of where you can then navigate in towards something similar to that. Mm. I mean, it's you know different. It's been done before, but everything in wrestling has been done before. No, you're not wrong, are you? And then I suppose the only other thing to note from Dynamite specifically is the fact that. FTR just jumped Jarrett's crew when they were all coming out for a promo. Sanjay Dutt had a couple of guitars, each with like Dax and Cash written on it. But uh, the biggest story of the match, of this segment, is the fact the brawl went to the ring. There was a lot, a lot of fighting going on. But ultimately, this led to the debut of Karen Jarrett in AEW, who is now obviously aligned with Jeff, Sanjay, Sutlam, Jay, Jay Lethal, that is. No Mark Briscoe in this segment at all, but they did show some footage indicating after the segment had ended last week that Mark was not happy with with Dax. So they're playing up the whole special referee thing for the pay-per-view. But Karen Jarrett's an AEW. I haven't got an issue with her personally, but I think she will certainly add a, add a unique presence to that group, which is already in itself just a great kind of dumb heel faction. I really like it. I don't think they need her to be there. Mm. I can kind of understand why she is there, mm. but I don't think they needed that. I don't know, there's just something about it that doesn't sit well, but uh, I mean, I, I'm not against it. I just think like she could have been bought in a while ago instead of 10 days before the pay-per-view mm. to not just, you can kind of see where they're going with it. But like, I don't know, I'd, I think I'd rather if she'd come in a bit earlier, but apart from that, no, great segment. I mean, mm. hoping FTR don't lose. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see where they go with that group in general, regardless whether they win the tag titles or not, because there's now a lot of them. And part of me does kind of wish we'd have had that segment at the uh, at the Briscoes at the Briscoes Ranch, but with what? Karen there. <laughs> what in her dungarees? Yeah, literally and stuff, and just kind of her carrying a duck or something. Who knows? But uh, in terms of Rampage, not massive amount to note. Uh, after- I enjoyed Rampage actually. Yeah, it was a really the main event was good because. Yep. Dustin Rhodes is from Austin, Texas. Yep. Always been a huge fan of Dustin Rhodes, Gold Dust, and his other 9,000 awesome. gimmicks. He's so good. And allegedly retiring this year as well, later this year. That's a so, shame. So, but I think actually Tony Schiavone on commentary wrestled, he has now wrestled a match in five different decades. Yes, he has. Which, that, which is bonkers. It is mental, but it's what an achievement. But Rampage was a, was a really solid show. Dynamite, I will say, because I haven't actually kind of talked about it as a whole, really fun show to watch. Yeah, really good no, fun. definitely, definitely. And Rampage, also equally fun. I'll go so far as to say I think it's probably the most important feeling Rampage we've had in quite a while. Now, do you think this is because they've stopped taping Dark and Dark Elevation before then taping Dynamite and Rampage some weeks? So it's kind of just a heck of a lot that they've seen beforehand. So mm. instead, the crowd is hotter further through the show mm. and they can plan these shows a bit better mm. because the last couple of weeks since they've stopped taping Dark Elevation and Dark I don't know there's something about it that seems it's it's got a bigger feel to it the audience for want a better phrase seem to just be more into the show as a whole I mean they're still doing two matches before the show starts mm. why everyone's sitting down I'm assuming because uh, Preston Vance and uh Ethan Page did a tag match in Detroit last week. Okay. Because uh, Ethan Page now lives there and Vance is yep. from there. But, you know, I think there's more focus on it because they haven't got to tape 9,000 matches for YouTube. They're now, mm. there's nothing against YouTube. But there's more focus on the production. 
more focused on what needs to be filmed versus what you can film. And everyone, yeah, and I mean, you can, I think you can kind of tell that people are a little less stressed mm. on going forward with commentary and stuff. And mm. yeah, it, it felt, it actually just felt like a fun hour to watch as opposed to perhaps recent months where Rampage has been fun to watch, but it was just like, ah, that was good. Whereas, th- whereas this was good. And I think you, you notice, and I mean, me and you notice things like this a lot. Mm. There's a l- lot less empty seats for Rampage. Yeah. Because people haven't seen two hours of Dynamite, the hour of Dark Elevation, and if they take Dark as well, mm. I mean, it's another hour. So basically like a four-hour show at that point. Yeah, and then you've got to take Rampage, and I mean, they fill in a lot of that going forward. But, like, mm. I think they've... I, I think it's a good decision. Mm. I mean, a lot of people on the... The precipice of coming up onto like the main roster, uh, you're not going to see as much, but they can sort of do that with the house shows and uh, when Collision starts mm. and things like that. So I don't know. It just seems a lot better, a lot better going forward, and hopefully they sort of stick to that. Agreed completely. And in terms of the big notes from Rampage, we mentioned the Jericho and Adam Cole pull apart brawl, the QTV thing, uh, Jade Cargill beat two sort of local. Talents, if you will, and then ultimately Ty Valkyrie came out, hit the jaded, and now that match is official for the pay per view. So TBS title will be on the line. Will this finally be the time that Jade loses it? We'll we'll see. We'll discuss that on the preview show and whatnot specifically. The only other big thing to note, well, actually, there are two things now. I think about it. First of all, the Hardys came out and did a promo, and kind yes. of well with Brother Zay. Brother Zay, I love that name. Whoever came up with that. Kudos. To be fair, it is really well thought out. I also didn't realise that Mark Quinn was injured, specifically. I did. Yeah, I I guess one of those things I just wasn't really acknowledged on TV. I think he hurt his shoulder or something, didn't he? Oh, that sucks. Yeah, it was a while ago. Mm. But Brother Zay, amazing name. So this was actually good fun because it's, first of all, it's set up like a trio's tag for the pay-per-view where it's Hardys and Zay versus the Guns and Ethan Page, with the idea being, and I'm gonna, I'm pretty sure Matt said if he wins the match, he then owns Ethan Page's contract, kind of the flip reversal thing of yep. what they did with the firm. Which makes me wonder, will they get out of it by like Zay pinning, getting the win instead of Matt, maybe or something? But there was a really fun thing where Ethan Page was trying to talk to, to Zay and being like, hey, look. Who was the one that supported you when Mark got injured? Who's the one that said, no, don't worry about what people think about your random moaning thing. Just keep doing it. It's marketing. And he said that we could be called like the moan event if we were a tag team. Genius. Just great little line there. But uh, but this ultimately set up a big a big brawl, if you will, which led to Brothers A being pilmanized in the neck to prevent him from being able to moan. That is terrible. <laughs> Just, it's random stuff like that that I love when it comes to just consistent storytelling. So I fully expect now it's going to be a race against time to see whether Zay will he actually moan be moan or not. Will Zay be able to moan at the pay per view? Find out, folks. They can have a little ticker running along the bottom. <laughs> can Zay moan? No. That'd be interesting. I don't know. Have a decibel meter attached to his throat or something. That'd be amazing. <laughs> the acclaimed were in a tag match. They won. That's about all you need to now, know. Now, <laughs> I've got a question for you. Okay. Because you do all the questions, I'm doing one. Okay. Billy Gunn. Yes. He is an advanced age, <laughs> but he's probably the best he has ever looked. So, how do you rate Billy Gunn now compared to what he used to be? Because he seems to be having an awful lot more fun now than he's ever had in his career, apart yeah. from 
and he's clean. I don't know. He just comes across as having fun. The, 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 we've said it to ourselves together. I think we said it most of it on camera last week. You can always tell when someone, be it watching them in the ring or on commentary, is having fun. You can't fake... Like Big Bill earlier when yeah, I mentioned that. Yeah, you can't fake fun as an emotion. You can act it very well and kind of, you know, maybe mislead people you're actually having fun. But genuine emotion is something you can just tell. It's like the crowd. You could tell they were genuinely really into the show. Yes. Yeah, yeah. There's kind of that level of difference. But yeah, Billy Gunn, the acclaim thing is just such good fun. Yes. That's what it is. It's just, it is weird how they've just kind of fallen away a little bit. I think... And this is merely a prediction for me, and I haven't told Jeremy this beforehand. Okay. That because we've got House of Black v. Uh, Metal League, AR Fox, and Blake Christian on Wednesday. Correct. I think that then leads to the acclaimed and Billy Gunn v. The House of Black at the pay per view or the pre pay per view. Yeah. Thing. As part of the pay per view day. Yeah. Yes. I think that's where that goes. And I think uh, that's probably the right way to go with that, to be fair. Yeah, I completely agree. Completely agree. And also just be an interesting match as well. Like, what will that the house rule be element? No weird witches. <laughs> that just needs to be the tagline for everything. And a final thing as well, we got some Swerve and Keith Lee interaction after the Dustin Rhodes match. Basically a big beatdown by the Mogul affiliates. Are we going to finally get this match between Swerve and Keith Lee to finally end this thing? I hope so. Because... I feel like they've been attached for a bit too long. Because when were they tag champs? It must be like late last summer, right? They lost the belts in September at the Arthrash Stadium. Was it that long ago? Holy cow. Uh, now you mention it. Okay. Um, yes. So I think they've been sort of gelled together for too long. And I think there's more matches for Strickland to go and have. Oh, because it was just after Brawl Out, wasn't it? I'm just trying to figure the timeline. Yes. It was like two weeks after, wasn't and it? So, yeah. there, and, and I think there's some more matches for Keith Lee. Because even though he is on TV regularly, hmm. he doesn't wrestle much. And I feel like if they let him do his thing a bit more... I don't know. I'm just a huge fan of Keith Lee, basically. Yeah. Again, it's another one of those things where I slept on a floor... So I could then come back and watch Keith Lee at Ref Pro about six years ago because I really wanted to see him live. Mm. So I just wish they'd use him a bit more. I think there is genuinely some really good fun that they could have with the Dustin Rose Keith Lee tag team if they were perhaps trying to but go. I think we've already done Keith Lee in a tag. True, but I'm thinking more from the perspective that Dustin wants to hold one more championship maybe before his he retires. And maybe he thinks, you know what? I really want to be a tag champ again. And then perhaps they could play on the storyline of, which I think is similar to like a Chris Daniels thing a few years ago when, um, oh my God, what's her, what a tag team name? Him, Frankie Kazarian and... Um, SCU? Thank you, that was it. I just totally blanked for a second. I think it might be a fun dynamic, hypothetically, if Keith Lee and Dustin won the belts, but the rule, but it ended up being Dustin saying, if slash when we lose these tag titles... I retire. Yes. Because then that adds like with so Chris much. Daniels. It wasn't yeah. retire, it was the SCU broke up. Thank you. Because it was yeah. only Kaz and CD by then. Yeah, correct. Because Scorpio Sky had gone out on his own. And, a name yeah. we haven't heard in a while. Yeah, I'd be interested. Uh, maybe he'll show up in that Battle Royal. Or the Collision. There you go. There'll be a head on Collision, as it were. So, yeah, I think that might be fun if they did that with Chris Daniels and Keith yes. Lee. I'm really, really game or for that. Or do you mean uh, Dustin Rhodes and Keith Lee? I said Chris I think, Daniels, I think, didn't I? I think Chris Daniels is busy on <laughs> Ring of Honor. 
Oh, I'm getting all my names mixed up Ring now. of Honor, Thursday is amazing. <laughs> yeah. And Keith, I'm Anzacs on it. Keith Lee and Dustin is what I meant, sorry. But uh, yeah, we might try and do some Ring of Honor talk at some point in some separate videos, because it sounds like that is really good fun. It's just trying to find a time to watch it all, quite frankly. You can... Sure. When it comes to Dynamite this week, matches announced are Kyle Fletcher and Orange Cassidy for the international title. We're going to have a Cole and Jericho contract signing. There's going to be promos from FTR, Ricky Starks. One assumes we'll get him and Jay White in some form at Double or Nothing. Yes. Do you think Kyle O'Reilly comes back in the next week? Hmm. So there's a bit more backup for Cole, as it were, at the pay-per-view, maybe? Yes. That's a good prediction. I'd not thought of that. How bad's his neck, though? Like, is he still out for a while? Or well, I'm asking you. I'm asking you if you think he'll come back. I'd, I'd, I'm not asking you to be factual. I'm asking you, I, what I'd, do you think? I'd love it if it happened. Me so too. much, and I want it to happen. Yes. Yeah, now you've mentioned that, then we get, like, an undisputed trio again, as it were. Just, obviously, without a certain Mr. Bobby Fish involved at all. Probably ever again. Elsewhere, uh, like I said, Ricky Starks and Jay White will probably end up having some kind of match at the pay-per-view. So we've got, Star- so. So we got Starks promo to build up to that. Apparently, all four pillars, so the, the guys in the world title match, will be giving their final address each, as it were. But do you think that's a bit overkill there? Like, we've already done that. I guess it's just that final thing before the pay-per-view. Maybe we'll get, like, a hint as to who's going to be, the like, turning in the match. Like, will Jungle Boy be a bit more heelish? Yeah, it works. Point, he was also a bit of a dick on, uh, in that in-ring promo a few weeks back when they sort of had like him, Sammy and Darby in that slightly awkward opening segment oh yes, good point yeah uh, elsewhere we've also got Claudio and Wheeler Utah challenging the Lucha Bros for the ROH tag titles this was set up from the double jeopardy match on Dynamite last week this match is going to be great I think so, yes I don't think there's really much I can <laughs> say about that that's going to hype it up any further I mean, the Lucha Bros don't have a bad match. And it's going to be such good fun. Claudio is amazing. And Utah is getting there. So mm. I think it'll be brilliant. <laughs> Did you notice during Rampage, sidebar for a sec, during the, uh, the trios match at the start of Rampage, did you notice how to break up a pinfall? Or I think it was a submission, actually, it might have been on Utah. But uh, Moxley broke it up by drop kicking Utah. I did. They mentioned that in commentary. <laughs> Just... And I was like, why? But you've seen the way they treat him in promos it's almost yeah. like you need to learn so mm. if you're going to cost us a match we're going to hit you yeah I mean uh, yeah it makes sense yeah I just wonder if that's going to lead to something at some point like is you going to have had enough and break I'd, away and again. slap Danielson in the face which <laughs> leads to them two having a match Oh, possibly but uh also Ty of Valkyrie and Lady Frost and as you mentioned earlier the House Rules Trio title match House of Black against Blake Christian AR Fox and Metallic so Dynamite is going to be stacked once again the final Dynamite before Double or Nothing it's going to be a good one I think so I mean ha- what what where'd you go with the main event for Dynamite because you never really tell honestly out of those I imagine that the pillars segment will probably be the main event segment but in terms of the match yeah I'm going with the match it's either going to be the it'll probably be the trios match because no I, I would stick to your guns man okay I'm more than happy for it to either be the trios match or the tag title match but part of me thinks it'll be the trios match because they really want to try and establish that thing yeah uh, the house rules concept I should say to actually be more specific the house of black there you go. So 
So uh, we're going to be having a Double or Nothing preview coming up in the coming week. We're also going to have another video actually discussing what might be the main event of Double or Nothing, so make sure you stay tuned for that. But for those curious, as things stand, this is the card for Double or Nothing, in no particular order. The world title match is MJF, Darby, Jungle Boy, and Sammy Guevara in a four-way. We've got Anarchy in the Arena, Blackpool Combat Club, and The Elite. World uh, women, Women's world title match, excuse me. Jamie Hayter and Tony Storm. TBS title. It'll be Jade defending against Tyre Valkyrie. TNT ladder match. TNT title ladder match, excuse me. Wardlow and Christian. Tag titles. FT, FTR defend against Jarrett and Lethal. In the international title, 21-man Blackjack Battle Royal. Featuring currently Orange Cassidy or Kyle Fletcher, I'll assume. And QT Marshall and Aaron Solo. Also, the Hardys and Zay versus Ethan Page and the Guns, and the unsanctioned match between Jericho and Cole. This might be the most we know about an AEW pay-per-view two weeks out, compared to what we've known in a while. Usually, two weeks? Usually, well, at the time it was two weeks. Oh. Ish. Okay. But, as in, put it so we don't normally know this much, like, leading into the final Dynamite before a pay-per-view. They normally end up announcing a bunch of matches on the show. But Which they still will. I'll be honest. Well, if they ever had a bad pay-per-view. And I know some yeah. people will probably disagree with that. <laughs> I, no, I agree but with I'm you. I'm fully here for that. I love AEW pay-per-views. That you, you, you can certainly say you get your value for money, but when you live in the UK and it's an all-night show and it's like six hours long, it's a bit of a slog after a while. But you it's want a to try being there. <laughs> and then having to get the train back. We'll have to tell that story at some point about the main event of Revolution with you and the MJF and Danielson match. We'll tell that at some point. We separate. We'll tell that in it. Tom's stories. There you go. We'll make a separate segment just called that. I could do one a week. There we go. Well, folks, on that note, we're going to wrap up this video. Like I mentioned, stay tuned for an upcoming video with us specifically focusing on what's going to be the main event for Double or Nothing. There's a reason we're going to be discussing that, so make sure you stay tuned for that in the coming days. If you've enjoyed this video or podcast, depending how you've been watching or listening, thank you very much for checking it out, and please give it a thumbs up or subscribe if you have enjoyed it, and stay tuned for more upcoming podcasts in the coming days. Thank you very much for watching. Speak to you soon.